This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. You know, He is good. And His mercy, it definitely endures forever. He's a good God. He's a good God, a loving Father, like Papa, amen. He's a loving, loving Father. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen, amen. Y'all don't mind waiting on the Holy Ghost, do you? You know, I like to, you know, because I want him to have his way. You know, when God has his way, lives are changed. You know, people are set free. Hope is given. You know, encouragement is given. You know, steps are ordered. Ways are made clear when we wait on him. Amen. Oh, man. You know, I just sense so much right now, just the, just the love of God, the love of our Father, you know. Hallelujah. The peace that passeth all understanding. You don't have to try to figure things out. You can just rest. And some of you right now just need to rest. You need to let go and let Father have it. Because he says he knows exactly what to do. He knows how to change the situation for your advantage. Because the advantage belongs to you. All you have to do is just rest and throw a few thank yous and hallelujahs and all that up there with it, you know, but just rest. Thank you, Father. Thank you. You're so good. Just close your eyes and lift your hands to him right now. Just begin to love on him. Love on him. Oh, man, how much he loves us. How much he loves us. How much he loves us. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones who we are to him belong. We might be weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, how he loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. 
For the Father has said so. For the Father has said so. For the Father has said so. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just rest. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You are good. For your mercy, <laughs> it endures forever and ever. Thank you for it, Abba. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Just rest. Just rest. Amen. Amen. Daddy's got it. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I don't even know why I brought this. <laughs> Y'all bear with me for a minute here. Hallelujah. I tell you, I just feel so much the peace and the love of God right now. Amen. Thank you, Father. And put these things on to help me out. <laughs> Glory. Go ahead. Oh, man. Uh, Y'all sense what I sense. Amen. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Just flood your people right now. Feel. Feel, feel, Holy Spirit. Let your joy, your hope arise. Quiet their minds right now. You are the anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burden. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Thank you, Father. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Father. Thank you. Amen. You can go ahead there now. Hallelujah. You know, God, he's a good God. 
He's not out to get us, you know. He's out for our behalf, you know. And God has such plans for us, you know. So, you know, we've been walking in it, but we really haven't seen what our Father really has for us. Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know, God says he knows exactly what you're facing. He said, but you've made a decision in your heart that you're going to come after him. No matter what happens. But he says, you can trust him. You can trust him. And that thing that has set itself against not only you, but your family. He says he's moving in that situation. You keep your face set like a flint towards him, knowing that he will. And really, he already has taken care of it. That bear witness with your heart. Okay, I just want to. But, you know, he loves us. You know? And God knows us. He knows us. Because we're like him. We don't always see that. But that's who we're like. Now, not like everything we do is like him, but we're like him. We're made in his image after his likeness. Amen? And if you're born again, God's doing in his eyes, really, you're already the express image of who he is. But in the manifestation in this time, in this earth, we're walking out a process. Amen? And how the process goes is really dependent upon us as believers. You know, it's, it's, it's dependent upon our response to his love, to him, because we know that God is what? God is love. Amen? But our response toward him, his love, or we can say his word, is what determines how things are going to go. Now, that doesn't mean that if you do everything just right, that in the natural, everything's going to be just right as we see it. But in the eyes of the Father, it's just right. Because he's not looking at the situation or the circumstances. His eyes are focused on you. 
Because when he's looking at you, especially when you're one of his, he don't really see you. <laughs> he sees Yeshua. He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. He's looking for his, he's doing really what the earth is, the Bible says, is groaning and crying out for. And, 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 and saying, you know, because, you know, uh, if you don't think the earth speaks, you know, God said that really early on when, you know, when Cain killed his brother Abel, you know, and Abel, you know, just went about his business and God said, hey, where's your brother? <laughs> I don't know. I ain't his keeper. You know? He said, your brother's, the ground cries out, or your brother's blood from the ground is crying out. The ground is crying out. The earth is crying out. So, everything God created has a voice, has ears, in order to respond to him. And so, the earth is crying out to God, saying, God, where are they? Where are those who was like the one? Today it's saying over 2,000 years ago, who walked the earth? Who commanded us when the winds rose to be still? Who spoke to earthen vessels and they got all right? Where are those? Where are those? And that's what the Father's looking for in us, you know? And if you turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, this ain't how I plan on starting out, but it's okay. Thank you, Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know, he's, God is looking, Victor. He's looking for us. Because he's made deposits in us. Deposits that, you know, he, God has an expectation. You know, God doesn't tell you to do anything that he doesn't do himself. You know, uh, in the military, you know, uh, if you've ever been in the military or, you know, especially if you've been in combat or something like that or, or you look at history, you know, when the Marines go in and they're, they got to take the hill. You hear that sergeant don't, the sergeant don't say, y'all go take the hill. He's the first one out. Because he's that example of what do you want his troop, his troops to be like. And that's how, that's how the father is. And that's how Jesus is, you know. So he's looking for things that he's deposited in us, Victor. Things that he knows that we are fully enabled, not in ourselves, but in him. So God's, God looks for things. He looks for our responses. You know, he did it with Jesus. You know who the first disciple was? It was Jesus. He was his father's disciple. He said, I don't, I don't do my own thing. But as the father speaks, I speak. And as I see the father do, I do. 
Like a father with his son. That son's close around him, holding on his leg or whatever he can do. Because he, he's seeing daddy doing things. He's, he's like, you know, he's not really thinking about how small he is. Because that, that's not a concept to him. I believe that's why Jesus told us to have the faith of children. They don't think, oh, man, that's kind of big. You know, I don't know if I can handle that. No, they, 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 they're, they just jump in it. You know? They, they're like, Daddy, give me the lawnmower, give me the lawnmower, whatever it might be. Because in their eyes, in their understanding, they can handle it. They can do it. You know? And really, that's what Dad is looking for in us. You're there in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Okay, let me get there. Before I, well, let me go ahead and read it. Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Let me get to the right Matthew instead of the, the mark I'm in. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Y'all said he jumped away from the goodness of God and now he's trying to put us in bondage talking about being perfect. <laughs> well, I didn't say that. That's, that's what Jesus said. But listen, I mean, how many times have you thought or you heard somebody say, you know, uh, uh, because somebody gave them a task or something, or in our case, a command, because that's not a suggestion, it's really a command, you know? And we begin to think, man, I can't do that. I'm not perfect. There's only one that's perfect, and that's God, you know? And in a sense, that's true, because God is perfect, perfect, you know? But in a sense, it's not true. Because Jesus gave us a command to do what? Be you perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So God sees it as capable. As a, as a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul wrote and said, you are complete in him who's the head of all principality and power. That word complete there is the same word for perfect. That's how the Father sees us. Perfect. He sees us complete in him. But how many know just like when a new baby is born... You know, those grandchildren were born, you know, and, you know, and Stephen and Hillary, you know, they, you know, they presented those babies and everything. And what, what, what did grandma say? Oh, perfect. They're just perfect. You know. Now, in their eyes, they are perfect. They're complete. They have everything they're supposed to have. At this time, they're supposed to have it. 
They're perfect. They're complete. They're not trying to, trying to be, per, I mean, trying to do perfection. Really, they're being it. They're not trying to do perfection. They're just being who they are. You know? And really, that's what perfection means. You know, to be complete, to be mature, to be accomplished, to be full. And a baby at that stage, they're perfect, they're complete. But what we do sometimes, instead of trying to be, we try to do perfection. Or say, we can't be it, so we just ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> Excuse my English. You know? Uh, if you hadn't figured out the title of my message, it's uh, Reaching Perfection. Or you can say, and this is what I want to get at, love walking it out. Love walking it out. Let me, let me read you that same verse out of uh, uh, the message. He said, in a word, I'm saying... What I'm saying is, grow up. That's what they're expecting that little, those little babies to do, which they have grown up. Have they had any more yet? Anyway, uh, uh, you know, they expect them to grow up. Because if they stay the same way they are, and they're 10 years old that they were when they came out of that womb, then the word that reflected our mouths are no longer perfect. It's like something's wrong. Something's not right. You know? But we don't expect them to look 10 years old coming out of the womb, but we do expect a change to begin to happen, a process begin to take place called maturity, right? Let me finish reading this. Uh, I'm saying grow up. Your kingdom subjects now live it, live like it. Excuse me. You are kingdom subjects now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. DNA, divine nature, attributes of God. Amen. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. When Jesus spoke and he said, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, this is what he was talking about. You know, God, our heavenly father, his goal for us is perfection or you could say maturity in love. Maturity in love. Because love is. Y'all got to help me out. Love is God. And God is love. Y'all know. Well, you, most of y'all might not have been in me ministering time. When I do like that, I'm, I'm waiting on a response. <laughs> you know. But anyway. You know, sometimes even if it's wrong response, because sometimes we're afraid, we're afraid to respond because we're afraid we can't get it perfect. 
And we let fear hold us back. But there's a verse, I think, that says, he that feareth is not what? Perfected or matured in love. Amen. But our Heavenly Father's goal is our perfection in him or in love. God's goal or expectation for us is according to the knowledge that he has given us of himself and his kingdom that we walk in the light of this revelation proving our love. You know, God allows us to be proven or tested because he wants to see is something happening? Really, it's not so much that he wants to see, it's that he wants us to see something happening or others to see. Because what God is doing in us is not just for us, even though it is for us. What he's doing in us is so he can get what he's doing in us through us to others. Oh, if we could see, you know, Apostle Paul said, you have the, this treasure in earthen vessels. He said, there's a treasure in there, in this natural or earthen vessel. But this treasure is for a purpose. Not so we can say, oh, look how kingly I am or look how great I am. But so the excellency can be of God and not of us. God wants to be seen in this earth through you. He wants to be known in the earth through you. And the way that happens is as we walk in this process unto perfection in love. Uh, turn with me to Genesis chapter 6. I hope y'all ain't in a hurry, but <laughs> I don't feel like being in a hurry. What about y'all? No, no, I'm not going to. Abuse your time, even though I feel like abusing your time. No, just kidding. Okay. Well, I didn't hear that. Oh, <laughs> trying to convince me not to abuse your time, right? Okay. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, it says this. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man and what? What? Perfect. Perfect. Hmm. Did God make a typo there? Perfect. Perfect in his what? Generations. Noah walked with God. He walked with God. Another word, way you can say it is that Noah obeyed God. Noah obeyed God. 
Uh, look at verse uh, 22 in that same chapter. Thus Noah did according to all that God, what? Commanded him, so he did. That's why God said he was perfect. Now we know Noah did some things that were not right. You know? But the key here is that the scripture said that he was perfect in his what? Generations. Turn over to, uh, actually, let me read one more verse. Then the Lord said to Noah, verse 1 in chapter 7, come, come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Amen. You are righteous before me in this generation. Um, turn to Job, right before Psalms. Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1, let's look at verse 8. You there? Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? He said he was blameless, another word for perfect, and upright. He feared God. He reverenced God. In another way, you could say he obeyed God. You know, a lot of people read that verse about God said, telling Satan, have you considered my servant Job? You know, and a lot of times this is how we look at God, even as Christians sometimes when trouble hits. You know, we say God must be telling Satan, have you considered, you know, Bruce, you know, <laughs> Ain't none like him. He needs some work anyway. That's probably what he said. No, let's just get, you know. Uh, but that word considered there wasn't that God was handing Job over to Satan. That word considered, when you look at the meaning behind it in the Hebrew, it means, have you been checking out Job? Because what does Satan say when God said, what are you doing here? He said, he said, what it, uh, uh, uh. Well, the book of James said, he said, I've been walking to and fro throughout the earth. What was he walking through to and fro out the earth? Seeking those who he may what? Devour. So when he came to God, God said, have you considered Job? You've been checking him out, haven't you? You've been seeing if you can destroy him. He said, ain't none like him. You know, he says the same thing about you today. He says the exact same thing. Why? Because he knows exactly what is in you. He knows exactly who you are. But he wants us to come to that knowledge. Amen? Turn to John chapter 14. Look at verse 31. You there? 
Okay. You know, Jesus, he's getting ready to go to the cross to pay the price for our sins, you know, to suffer the, the, all the shame. Not just, uh, you know, Jesus didn't have no shame, so, but he was suffering the shame and the, and the guilt and the punishment of not only the people who were in the world at that time, but those that were before and those that, of us that were to come later. He took that all on himself, and he's going, and he's, he's, he's talking to his disciples, and his disciples, you know, they're getting a little bit, but they're not really grasping it, you know. But in the end there, you know, let me back up to verse uh, uh, 29. He said, and now I, I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, okay? He said that the world may know. You know, he wasn't even concerned about the Father right there. He said, Really, he was stating what his purpose was, part of his purpose was, that the world may know. That the world may know. That's our purpose. That the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. And then he told him to get up, let's go. Uh let me jump back up here and read one more verse in verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will do what? He will do what? He will do what? He will keep my word or he will obey me. Now, Jesus just equated loving him to obedience, to the keeping of his word. Or like it said, said in the, uh, Genesis with Noah, he walked with God. He just equated our love for him with walking with him, with keeping his word, with obeying him. And I'm not talking and please don't get this thing. He's not talking legalism. He's not talking walking under the law. He's talking a relationship. He's not talking doing perfection. He's talking being perfection. In other words, being who we are. And who we are is revealed in who he is, which is this word of God. Uh, 1 John 2, 5. I know I'm giving you a lot of scriptures, but it's the word that changes people. It's not me. <laughs> Amen. And I know I don't, you know, I, uh, I love Pastor Norris. He's an excellent, excellent teacher. And I thank God for him, but, you know, I'm not Pastor Norris, so uh, uh, bear with me. First John.
chapter 2, verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, being the word of God, truly, what? The love of God is what? Perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. By this we know that we are in him. God wants us to believe and demonstrate so that the world may receive Jesus. He wants us to be those examples. Amen. And the first thing he said, turn with me to first, uh, just a, I should have kept my play. Or first, back a couple pages to 1 John chapter 3. And verse 23. You there? And this is his commandment, that we should believe on his name, on the name of Jesus, his son, the Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandments. You know, today... You know, there's, you know, and thank God. I remember uh, uh, years ago, I used to pray, man, we, we, we need more of the grace of God. We, we need to know about the grace of God, you know. And, and, you know, grace is not a covering thing. That's what mercy does. <laughs> mercy covers you. Mercy keeps you back from what? we truly deserve but what grace does grace is an empower it's an enabler not like parents enabling their children to stay in a fault but enabling you to be to do and to have that's what grace does you know and the grace of god is given to us. As a matter of fact, it says that uh, in Romans chapter 5, verse 10, 17, it says that he's given us abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Why? So that we can what? Rule and reign where? In this life. That's why we have the grace of God. And we need the grace of God to be those rulers. We don't, we don't need to so much concentrate on doing ruling. We got to first be. We got to first see who we are in Christ Jesus. If you're not in the word of God. I might get in trouble for saying this, but. I kind of question your love life. That'd be like if you're married and you're not around your wife or, 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 or learning how to be a good husband to your wife or vice versa, a wife to your husband. 
that would say something about your love life, wouldn't it? I mean, y'all married people, y'all help me out now. I'm, <laughs> I'm not there yet, so. <laughs> huh? Praise the Lord. All right. I got Walt to say praise the Lord, so that's good. Pastor Walt said it, so. Amen. You know, but wouldn't you say, I mean, based off of what we just read and from the scriptures, if I'm not in that word, then how can, number one, how can I keep it? Amen? How can I keep it? How can I know what I'm supposed to be like if I'm not in it? And if I'm not in it, even though I might come to church and say, oh, Lord, I love you. Really? How come you didn't come home last night? <laughs> That'd be like when you don't get in the first. You know? <laughs> Amen. That'd be like somebody who had that situation. You say you love me, but how come you're over there with that other girl? And I'm not getting in nobody's business, I hope. <laughs> Sometimes I say things, you know, uh, you know, and it might be somebody's situation. I have no clue, you know. That's one reason we, we need to learn how to, the manifestation or the gifts of the Spirit work. Sometimes you're operating in the manifestation or the gift of the Spirit. You have no clue you're doing it. And sometimes you're well aware, you know. You still might not have knowledge of the situation, that's why it's called word of knowledge, because it's knowledge of in what's in God's mind that you or nobody else had any knowledge about. And that person said, how did they know that? <laughs> well, they really didn't, <laughs> you know, but he did, you know, and it's because he loves them. He's trying to reach. But if we don't get in the word of God, you know, that's what it's equated to, you know, uh, you know, like we don't want to hang around you even though we love what you do for us. You are our sugar daddy. No. That's how we treat him. If we don't get in the word, if we don't spend time with him. You know, not all the money in the world, not even the perfect situations and circumstances for your life can give you joy. You might think it can, but it can't give it to you. But that word can. Because when you're in that word, it's not just letters on a page, unless that's how you look at it. But when you get in that word and be, begin to comprehend and know that it's not just letters on a page. Hey, that's my Lord. You know? And see, when you begin to get in that word, that word begins to do what it says in 1 John 1.1. 1, 1, and the word becomes flesh. And dwells among us. But it's getting in that word. Getting in that word. You know, this ain't going no how like I thought it was going to go. <laughs> but you know what? I, I'm telling you something. And that's, thank you. Because you know what? When we wanted to do perfect or to work out perfect, 
That's the wrong thing. You know, that's why people get upset at God when something goes wrong and they've been praying and saying, God, I want you to do this. And it goes totally the opposite way. And they begin to get mad and don't want to hang out with God if they were hanging out with God, you know. But it's not about the doing, it's about the being. Because out of that being, God has given us promise. He said all things are going to work together for the good. Amen. But, I, you know, I endeavor to follow him. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, but in that, in verse 23, he, he gave us two things. He said, you know, uh, uh, and this is where I was going for. I forgot where I was going the first time. So <laughs> I'll be honest with you. So, you know, I mean, what you see is what you get. Amen. But, you know, God gave us grace. He's not looking for a legalistic, you know, under the law thing. But a lot of people have gotten where they, they have this grace that, you know, you can, you, can, you can say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior, but then stay like you are. That's really not grace. Because grace does something. You know? It, grace changes you. Grace will change you. It will transform you from what you used to be into who you really are. Because who you really are is already locked up in there. It has to be set free. And that's what grace does. Grace will set you free. The grace of God. And the grace of God comes through the word of God by the spirit of God. He's also called the spirit of grace. But grace enables us. You know? Grace won't condemn you, but grace will warn you. Grace will encourage you. Grace will love you through whatever the struggle is. Grace will never stop loving you. You know? And he won't condemn. But he will call you on to perfection. Just like you expect that little one to grow up, he'll call you on to perfection. But in here, he gives, he gives you know, because a, a lot of people, they're saying, well, you know, ain't no more law. It, it's no more commands. But here he is. He said, you know, or they said, you don't follow the commandments. Well, he, he said, Jesus said right here, or by the apostle John, he said, a new commandment I give you. And really it wasn't new. If you know the scriptures, it wasn't new. It was just hidden. They just didn't understand what God was doing all the time. Because number one, God does not what? Yeah, that's true. That wasn't the answer I was looking for. But thank you for stepping out there. See there? See there? You said a truth. You didn't, you didn't err. <laughs> but what I was looking for is that God doesn't change. He does not change. You know, it's not a new God in the, in the New Testament. It's the same God, the same Father. He hadn't changed. Who he is, what he believes, and how he acts is still the same. What we have that is new is a new covenant. That's not built upon 
works. But it doesn't mean we don't work. Because work came before the law. And it's still after. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says uh, uh, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That he has what? Foreordained. When did he ordain these? Before he ever created, created the earth. He had you on his mind. You know? That we should what? Walk in them. God has a purpose and a plan and that purpose and plan can oh man it can take you places not so so much saying going somewhere else but it can take you places can take you out of places can set you up and will set you up according to his purpose his plan you know And all grace is saying, it says, come on, walk with me, do what I say, not from a legal heart, but from who I am and who you really are. You know, I, tell, I like to say all the time, I'm a, I'm a son of love. I'm a child of love. I am love because I am in him. You know, he's the living word, and at least I'm a living epistle in him. Because he said we were epistles read of men. People are watching. You know? And they need to see a difference. If I fail, they need to see me get up and admit my failure and said, hey, that's not who I am. You know what I'm saying? And this is how the world's going to know. But he gives us commands in there. And the two commands that he gives us covers all the commands that were in the Old Testament. Whether you consider the law or anything he said, it's, it's grouped up in that. And he said that we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and love one another as he has loved us. It used to be said, love one another as you love yourself, but Jesus up to the notch. Because a lot of people don't love themselves. <laughs> How many of y'all want to be loved by somebody who don't love themselves? No. You know, Jesus up to the notch. He said, love others as I have. I'm the standard or the manifestation of what love is. And Jesus wasn't condemning, you know. He didn't put sinners down. He, he loved sinners, you know. He encouraged them, you know, when, he did, when they were caught in sin. He said, in some cases, go sin no more, you know, and told another man. He said, don't go, don't go do wrong again because something worse may come on you. He wasn't saying it was coming from him, but he said it happens. The way we walk determines, remember I said the way we respond determines what's going to be manifested or happen. Amen? But even if we respond the wrong way, there's mercy to cover us because of the covenant. And then there's grace to say, we don't want to stay here. It ain't comfortable here. Let's, let's move up here. 
Isn't that a nice place to be? Let's go this way. That's how, you know, in a, in a simplistic way, that's how it is. Amen? He said, love one another as I love you. Uh, turn with me to 1 John. Uh, uh, I keep turning back to John when I'm right there in 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. Let's look there. I, get a, I got a little bit more to go, and then I... <laughs> We'll let y'all go. Y'all be glad when Pastor Norris gets back, won't you? <laughs> uh, chapter 4, verse 12. I'm still in the wrong place. Peter. <laughs> John's in here somewhere. Okay, First John four twelve. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been what perfected in us. This is the way we perfect love, keeping His word. And loving one another. Loving one another. And that doesn't have to be, you know, such a, uh, some big thing you got to do or whatever. Sometimes it's just smiling at people. You'd be surprised how many people need a smile. I need an encouraging word. I was, you know, uh, uh, last Monday, uh, you know, I was at work and getting ready to go. Well, actually, I got on the elevator, and there was this young lady there. And uh, uh, I got on the elevator. She said, you know, the door's closed. She said, uh, how come you don't send out those things anymore? You know, they were so encouraging. I don't know if I ever told you this, but they were so, they're so encouraging. And you're the only one in, this, in, the, in, in the system they let do that. And things she did not know was that God had about a couple months earlier, you know, told me to send out something, <laughs> you know. He told me to send out something because God knows exactly where we're at, when we need what we need. And I had, I had received something to send out, but I was kind of like, I don't know, this this might not seem right, you know. I just didn't get that release, even though God told me. But on that elevator, she said, she told me, and I was like, okay, God, I got you. I got it loud and clear, <laughs> loud and clear, you know. And, uh, uh, and so, you know, I went up, and later that day, you know, I kind of edited it and changed it, and I sent it out. And I sent it out there. You know, I work for the RSA. But, you know, and there's so many people there. We have people in different cities and but different places. But I sent it out. And they don't allow anybody else to do that. And I know it's the favor of my father. And I don't abuse it, though. You know, I try to use it wisely. Because we're after something. We're after sowing seed, like Pastor Walt said, watering or letting God bring in the increase. You know, and so I had to send it on out, you know, 
And I, at the end of the day, and then I came back. Well, I said it to go that morning. By the time I got in that morning, I'm not going to tell you what time I go in. But anyway, <laughs> you know, uh, I got in and I got on, and man, I poop, 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 all these emails, you know, and I start reading and replying, you know. And they're like, only God knew I needed this today. I had so many like that, just, just things like that. Man, you must, one, one guy said, you must hear from God a lot because God knew. I said the same thing to everybody. <laughs> but different people having different issues, different situations, but the same word ministered to them all. You know? And God's not looking for some great you to be some great preacher, like I'm not a great preacher or a great teacher or anything up there. You know, I just, the lot fell on me today. <laughs> You're going to fall on Walt the next time. <laughs> but, you know, God looks for someone who's available. His perfection that he looks for, and I'm closing. I hadn't even gotten near what I want to say. <laughs> But that's not important what I want to say anyway. But what our father, my father, looks for, he looks for a heart that's yielded to him. A heart that says, God, you know what? I'm not going to concentrate. I might mess up all the time, but I'm available today. I'm available today, God. You know, I'm not looking to see how many, if I can win a, a, a hundred souls a day. If it's just one smile you wanted me to give, God, I'm willing to give it. You know, sometimes I'll, you know, I stop by Sam's, you know, after church or whatever, and I'll, I'll buy a bunch of sweets and some fruit trays and stuff, you know, and I'll just take them on into work, you know, and I, I'll just bring them and set it. Don't look for no thank yous and, you know, don't get a lot of them. But that's not what I'm looking for, you know. I just felt like I needed to do it. And I did it to bless somebody, to encourage somebody, you know. So many people are hurting They don't see themselves having a hope. And here we are. With the hope, this treasure in earthen vessels, the hope of glory with inside of us. And you know what? The love of God, the grace of God, the hope of God, the joy of God, it transcends rank. You know, I remember when I was in the military, uh, you know, there are people way up there, big people. But you know what? Grace of God, the love of God, hope of God, it transcended it all. Because when they see a treasure, they want it. Especially if they're in need of it. You know, it transcends, you know, uh, uh, your supervisor. If you're, number one, you're being, because if you're being, you can be also doing. 
You're not going to be slothful on the job. You're not going to be lazy. You're not going to be, you know, you're going to be an encouragement. All these things come out of being. You know, an apple tree or, or peach tree, you know, or like where I'm from, from Florida, you know, mangoes. <laughs> you know, they don't sit there. Uh, the limb, uh, that limb don't sit there and say, oh, oh, I got to get a mango out. Come on now. Come on. Oh, what's happening? It don't do that. It just be a mango tree. And all of a sudden, these things start, little things start coming on. And it's perfect. But then all of a sudden, it starts changing. Still perfect because it's still changing. It's still changing. It's maturing. It's changing. You know, if we're children of God, we're changing. He changes not, but we're changing. And what are we changing into? His image. His image. And all it takes is just being, believing on him and doing what he says. And he said in one place, he said, my commandments are not grievous. They're really grievous to those that don't want to do them. And out of loving, loving one another, not backbiting, not murmuring, not complaining against one another. I'll be the first one to raise my hand and said, I probably undone all of those things. But also not to repent and allow change to come in. Amen. Just bow your heads for me right now. Father, we just love you. We honor you. We bless your name. We give thanks to you. Father, these your children, your disciples, Lord Jesus, the ones you love, Holy Spirit. I thank you that, Holy Spirit, you've helped them to, to hear what you're saying. To receive in their hearts you, Lord Jesus, the engrafted word which is able to deliver souls. Father, I thank you that your word doesn't return unto your void, but it accomplished what you sent it to do, and everything you do has a purpose to glorify the Son and to change and prosper the one you sent the purpose to. Father, thank you for these. Thank you, Father, that you're working a work. Though it be told, Sometimes we don't even believe it. But you still do the work. I thank you, Father, that they grab a hold of what the Holy Ghost was saying today. And as they get ready to depart, they depart, Father, with the knowledge that you're with them, you love them, 
And you walk with them. And you will use them. As Pastor Walt prayed earlier. Help us. Helper. You Holy Ghost. To be. Perfect. Not in our own strength. But in who you are. By just believing in you. Loving one another by doing your word. Now if you don't know this Jesus. And you've never received him. Into your heart. You're not on this course to change yet. But he wants you on there. He paid a price for your sins. He laid down his life, suffered all the, the guilt and shame and the pain, the torture, so you wouldn't have to. And if you're not sure that Jesus lives in your heart or you want to make sure, you want to be on that road of change so you can be one of those that rule and reign in this lie. Not to rule over people, to rule over the purpose and plan that God has for you and to tell the devil where to go. To see people change. If you want to receive that Jesus in your heart, just lift your hand where I can see it. Lift it up high so I can see it if that's you. I see that hand. I see those hands. Anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. Well, everybody pray with me as these to pray. Say, Father, I come to you. I believe in your son, Jesus, that you sent to die in my place. I want to be one of your rulers. So change me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I submit to you today, not my will, but your will be done. I receive you by faith. And now according to your word, which I keep right now, I'm your child. I'm born again. I have abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. I have the same righteousness that God is. That's who I am. That righteousness. Thank you for loving me, for saving me, for washing me clean with your blood. Sin is washed away and righteousness reigns in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.